Radio Free Brooklyn. This is what Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. I give a shit. I give a shit about you. How's it going? Lisa, it's sunny today, right? You know, I think that I, I got depressed when it was because of the weather. And I think that's that's real. You know what I mean? Because cavemen must have had to stay in when it was raining and they got bored after they, you know, were finished fucking. I mean, you know, fucking doesn't take up the entire, you know, five days of being indoors. So I think it's natural. That's what I'm saying. It's natural to get depressed. If you if you if you were with me on that and you got depressed. So thanks so much for listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit at Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, it's the greatest radio station in the world, in the whole planet. And I think, um, you know, now's a really important time to support uh, radical media that's not making any money. So uh, you should support us by going to Radio Free Brooklyn uh, org slash donate. Come on, folks. You know, we, we're putting this on for free and, and the, the world is closing in on all of us. We got, we need you stick up for us, help us. Um, this is going to be a really interesting day at the station for me. First of all, I have two call-ins, uh, one short one, one long one, but, but I also want you to know this is the fucking fourth anniversary Four years that I've been doing this show. Can you believe it? And it's also four years that the station has been around, which since I've been here from the beginning, which is another reason you should donate money, radioforbrooklyn.org. But also, uh, it's my 196th show. Can you believe it? I mean, I never thought, I never thought I was going to get past the first day. You should see all the technology in here. I thought I was so incompetent. I would never even, I mean, four years, man. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for being here right now anyway, if you're listening. Right now, live. And I know some, okay, so here's the deal. I am going to have uh, this friend of mine, Steve, call in. Steve is from Nova Scotia. Steve, I hope you're listening. And he actually came to New York a uh, couple weeks ago and went to a show because he heard somebody, Kelsey Kane, that I was interviewing on the show, talking about the show that she was having, a comedy show at uh, Union Hall. And it was called, uh, it was called, well, it was a benefit, but her, her particular character is called Penis CK actually and what she does is dress up like Louis CK and masturbate with this really amazing uh, dildo that looks like kind of a real penis not it doesn't look like whoa a dildo it looks more like a penis so and the funny connection is is that she actually did have an interview because she was talking about going in advertising so we do actually there is like a more of a connection than I realized so the second guest that's going to be our major guest is George Tannenbaum. And I know George is listening right now because I just spoke with him on the phone a couple of minutes ago and we were going over our mutual Michigas. 
So George is somebody that I met, I think it was 1990, in my 30s. We worked together from 1990 to 1995 at a very well-known, well-respected advertising agency, Allie and Gargano. And when we started there, George was my partner, and we, we worked together, you know, teams, art director, copywriter, and we worked together for a long time, and George has made his way up to the top, the very top of the creative advertising business. And he's making so much money. I don't have any idea how much money he's making, but he's got to be making a lot of money. He has, he's met, like, he's incredibly well-respected. And look at me. I'm in this, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm working at a, like a nonprofit for nothing on this radio show. So, you know, that like, I don't know who, who, who won there. George and I are both very competitive. So we're going to be talking about our time together and maybe how our lives have, how well George has done and what a loser I am. That's what we're going to be talking about. Also, just so you know, I have a lot of unresolved issues about my time in advertising. So stay tuned for uh, me being, getting upset and I don't know. Maybe we'll have a fight. Maybe George and I'll have a fight. So I'm going to ask Steve, are you there? Can you call in Steve from Nova Scotia? Steve, if you're there, call in. Let's hope this works. Steve? Steve? Okay, well, you know what? Steve isn't isn't around, maybe. So, um... Let's see. Let me just see what's going on here. It's on auto. Well, anyway, if we can't get Steve, then I guess we'll go right to George. George? Oh, my God. Is this not working? It's on auto. It's up. What could be wrong? Hey. Call in. It's on auto. Lisa. Hey, George. There, we made hey, it work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the, the desk phone won't... um. Won't let me put you on hold. Oh, okay. Well, here we are. Here we are. And I guess sorry about Steve. Yeah, you know, Steve. Steve. Um, what happened was, let me just finish so everybody knows. This is what I wanted to know. So Steve. Oh. Steve came to um. Steve and his wife. They came down from Nova Scotia and met us in Brooklyn. Me and my husband. We had a drink before the show. We saw the show, but it was really late at night, and my husband just couldn't take it, so we had to leave. And I never got to see uh, Pina C.K., a.k.a. Kelsey Kane, jerk off on stage. And it was very disappointing, and I was hoping that um, Steve would fill me in, but, you know, I guess we'll have to do that another time. So, George, I'm really grateful to have you on the phone and all that and it's all working and here we are so i was starting to tell people did you hear how i sort of described you i 
I did. I, yeah. sh- I should lower the volume on the on the on the site, right? Because I'm hearing. Are you he- are you getting feedback? Yeah, I'm, I, okay. I can turn down the volume, uh, so I don't need to hear myself. Okay. I, I hear myself all day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I uh, I was telling everybody. You heard me say that that we worked yep. together. I mean, I don't even remember how old I was. I know I was in my mid thirties. We we were we were. Um, we were youthful. We we had a gleam in our eyes. I know, and we started on the same exact day, and we were April both sixteenth. Oh my God, your memory is like about a ninety. Oh my God, and we were yeah. so excited, right? It was Allie and Gargano. Allie and Gargano. We were both like ambitious about advertising. Yeah. No one had heard of the internet. There were no no one's working like in content development or web series. No. We were really we were in the we were in the thick of it, right? We were yeah. hot shit. Yeah. Did you feel like you were hot shit that day you walked into work at Allie and Gargano? Well, I mean, the offices themselves were amazing. They were intimidatingly slick. And I don't know if you remember this. I'm sure I there don't. Were no, there were no name tapes. So the the office, the hallways, you know, people's offices had no names. I didn't know that. So somebody would, you know, Ed Butler would say, go down to Mike's office. <laughs> you know, it, it, took, it took, I mean, it took me a couple of weeks. Right. Uh, but we were hired but it was, by... It was, I mean, I just want people to know, like at that time, the advertising, there were a lot of really famous advertising had a much more um, visible part of the culture, right? And there were a lot of famous ad campaigns and we were hired by Mike Tesh. And what was, um, help me out, George, what was Mike Tesh famous for? Federal Express, you know, Hertz, Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, Mike Tesh was Mike Tesh. He was... He was a powerful – for a short guy, he was a big name. <laughs> for a short Jew. Um, so we yeah. were we were looking at each other going like, man, we're cool. We made it. We're good. Like you, yeah. we were both little like – Little did we know. Little yeah. did we <laughs> So So yeah. um, we were on a retail account, the Bank of New York, and it was a really, really uh, – it was a really difficult account because the, t- the turnout, turnaround was really, really fast, right? Yeah, it was crazy. It was, I mean, there was a time I think we were doing about two ads a week, yeah. which was, you were constantly, you know, spinning out things, taking them, getting them approved, going down to the client, selling them. Yeah. Doing the shoots. shoots. Remember how many shoots yeah. we used to do shoots yeah. all was, the time? It was, it was great experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it, print was, print was still had some esteem in those days. Yeah. We were kind of young in the business, yeah. in that, in that group, in that business, in that, yeah. uh, culture, you know, um, in Alan Gargano, there were a lot of venerable people there. Yeah, and so we were, nice way we, of saying old. there were a lot of old farts, uh, like we yeah. are now. And then, so we were, we were, uh, you know, so, you we know, were to be envied. We were to be, and we were bragging. We were bragging. That was that was probably the first and last time I bragged about my job in advertising. So, George, I want to tell people about you. So, George, okay, like I was saying before, folks, that George is, um, like, um, you know, like I flunked out of advertising. Do you know that's George? Do you know that's my line now that I flunked out? That's what I tell everybody that I flunked out of advertising. You know, there, there's there's a lot of people though who say. I'm reading a book about 
how uh, the United States stole, basically stole a, a third of our landmass from Mexico, but basically mm-hmm. through through wars and acquisitions. Mm-hmm. And these people who who found themselves on the wrong side of the border or the other side of the border would say, I didn't move, the border did. It's just like you hear some Republicans say, you know, I didn't leave the Republican Party, the Republican Party left me. Like, advertising left all of us. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's just not the same business. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yeah, you know, obviously I heard your intro. It's, the people who lasted aren't necessarily good or better. It's just, well, I mean, you know, that's, I mean, it's, do. well, no, I mean, it's okay. It, you know, that's like, um, that's a different, you know, that's a different story. I mean, it's not, it's none of these creative fields and I failed in all of them. I like to say, um, are a meritocracy completely. Right. I mean, there is a certain sense, but it's really a combination, all of them of the same skills, which is a talent, B drive, C, uh, people skills and go, you know, keep, discipline there's so many factors but i just wanted to i'm looking for your bio george because oh here it is george tannenbaum i took your bio off of linkedin because it's like most people i know don't care about their linkedin but yours is like really like killer so i listen guys do you think that all my friends are like really like uh slumming at losers i have george tannenbaum he's doing incredibly well he has eight he's he has 8,803 followers on LinkedIn. That is my friend. George, you're my friend, right? Is, is that a lot? It's a lot. Executive creative director and copy chief at Ogilvy and Mather Advertising. And you're in charge of one of the biggest accounts there, right, George? Isn't that right? Yeah, the biggest account in the holding company, actually. Yeah, and how, and how I'm hoping company. Very funny. And how many people? You have a lot of people working for you and stuff like that. You know the creative. I mean, creative departments are so much smaller than they used to be. Yeah. Um, but you're in charge of a lot of shit. You go and you meet the client. Yeah. You're in charge of a lot of shit. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. the buck stops with you. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, as much as who, as much as it stops with anybody. Yeah. There's still people who can yell at me. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like your wife. I could yell yeah, at you no. if I wanted to, yes, but exactly. I could definitely yell at you, and I could think of things. But I'm too busy yelling at my own husband. So. But, um, you know, this is really interesting, George. So one of the things, this is what struck me. Okay. So one of the things, okay, so I'm, um, I'm going to sound like really envious and I'm angry and bitter about my advertising career, George, having nothing, not necessarily, I mean, you know, just the whole thing in general. Not, don't take it personally. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> because I feel like uh, that I have no self-esteem and I can't fake it. And so I'm really mad about that, that I didn't do well because I couldn't fake my lack of self-esteem. George, you have no self-esteem either, but you're but you are able to completely transcend that. So, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have no self-esteem. But you transcend it completely. So I'm going to read to you, folks. Are you listening? Listen up, kids out there. Because if you want to, if you ever really want to earn a living, here's the kind of person that can earn a living. This is what it says on George Tannenbaum's 
uh, LinkedIn page after it says executive creative director and copy chief. There are no, George, how do you put this bullshit on there? Listen to this. There are, there's no, this is how George talks about himself. There's no other creative in the world who's been recommended by the writer of the world's most famous commercial, Steve Hayden, and the COO of the world's most celebrated digital agency, Nick Law. The reasons are simple. I am a grown-up, George. I am not. And as such as I can talk about, and as such, I can talk about business issues with CEOs and CMOs. I can translate their issues into work that's both empathetic and motivating in any medium. Um, The work, then he goes on to say all the famous kids. Then he goes on to talk about all the famous big brands that he's worked for. I won't bore you with that. Blah, blah, blah. The work I create works on two levels. It works to build brands and it works to drive sales. It changes minds and changes behaviors. It tugs at hearts and influences brains. Accordingly, my work has won awards and recognitions, blah, blah, blah. George, how do you, how do you, like, that's the, like, I could never do that. How do you do that? Well, you know, to be completely honest, it, 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 that was an act of desperation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I have two. Ki- I had two kids at the time. I was unemployed when I wrote that. Um, <laughs> you know, they're they're both expensive. They're you know, uh, coll- you know, they were probably both. I was probably paying two tuitions at the time. Um, you know, we live in Manhattan. Blah 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 blah. You know, it's it's an act of desperation. <laughs> kind of go. Uh, you know, you you. You put aside your self hatred for a few minutes, and you say, "Well, how would I, how would I mark? I mean, that's marketing. How would I market myself? Mm. You, you know, you don't you don't lead with, um, you know, may cause cancer. You, you, <laughs> you know, makes your lawn greener. Um, you, you know, so um, so maybe you transcended like your own self hatred to actually care because you have a family." You you have kids, well, you have two children, and you have a wife. Though your wife has yeah. gained, has made you know she's made good money too. But and yeah, but they they count on me, and they and, count and, on you. Have people that yeah, count on you. You can't. I mean, yeah, and worse than that, when when you're when you've done okay for a while, mm-hmm. you don't want the cleaning woman to know you're a bum. <laughs> <laughs> Because you don't want to be home on the Thursday she's there because she's like, oh, this guy's not working. I might not get paid. I'm not cleaning this shit. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that's that's like the God's honest truth. You really don't want them okay. to Okay, so here's what I think is also a fundamental difference between us. Um, so we're, we're both competitive, right? So, it's, so you're on board with this conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, the thing is, is that um, – I mean, we got to like make a little bit of allowances for sexism. I'm female and you're male and you're like a tall, like prodigious looking, you're strapping like guy looks great in a suit. I'm crazy looking and you know, whatever. So there is, and women, you know, whatever. So there, there's a little bit of difference there, but there are a lot of powerful women in advertising, all that crap. But I think that you have this amazing talent on besides actually we're taking for granted that we're both talented copywriter art director people we're, that's a given but i think that you are really really good at um 
I don't even know how to say it, but like kind of summing up, communicating about the work, communicating the work and communicating to the people that you need to be, sales, selling the work, selling the ideas, expressing yourself, but maybe in a way that people take you seriously. That's Yeah, yeah, you know, like I I don't know how I got that. Um, I, I, I'm not trying to be self-effacing or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, some of it is, I think, more the, the copywriter's craft because um, we take, you know, thousands of little bits of information and we have to bring it down to 10 words or 20 words or something. I mean, that's that's kind of what we do. So I guess I've always been able to do that. And then I, I, I think you're right. You know, people, because I'm, I'm tall, um, you know, people, but, you know, took me serious a male. Yeah, you look seriously. good and you look good. You look good in a suit. Yeah. Um, and I have gray hair now. That, gray that, hair, nice yeah, gray curly I, hair looks great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about, though, that I think that uh, you're also really good at speaking with confidence. How about that? I love that. I want that. How do you do that? You do. You speak with confidence, right? definitely an act, though. It's Really? Yeah. It's definitely like, see, w- women don't do this, I don't think, because mm-hmm. women don't wear pants as much. Mm. But... When when I was when we were working together, if if we had a big meeting, we didn't have that many big meetings, but every meeting was a big meeting for me. I was paranoid. Um, sometimes I would wear baggy pants. So really? It, like I felt like my knees were wobbling. Nobody <laughs> would see. Are you kidding or serious? No, I'm serious. Really? And it was like, yeah, because I was always nervous. But it's like it's like actors say you have to kind of take an identity huh. and pretend you're that person. Ah, interesting. And, and so I guess I did a little a little bluffing. Huh. Um, yeah, because because you know when you get right down to it, I mean, half of me thinks I'm really good, and then the other half thinks I'm ah, a total fraud. I just got lucky. Um, and and that and that could vary like minute by minute, like how. <laughs> yeah, we're the same that way. Yeah. Um, but you have you do you do you are incredibly articulate. I mean, we will we 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 will own that. We will own that. Also, yeah. the other thing that George that you were really great with, um, that you were able to really stand out with, which you still do, is that you you're really funny. You're oh, really funny. good at making people laugh in a group. And you used to send out really good emails to everybody that were really, really funny that kind of brought people together about, you know, some common situation, a bad meeting, something like that. And it had everybody laughing and feeling better. And um, I also want to, like, let the people know that you have developed that. Like, that's why you have a big blog now. That's why your blog is so popular. Ad Aged. What is it? It's Ad Aged. Dot com. What is it? What is the yeah, actual blogspot.com at age.blogspot.com. And why don't you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Well, you know, that was another um, fruitful result of being unemployed. I've been unemployed like two or three times. Um, and I had a partner from days of yore, 
my uh, an Ogilvy partner from the zeros from like 2002. Okay, was, George, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt okay. you. I want to know how many followers you have. Um, how many followers? Or how many like how many like don't you have like a million page views or so? what's the stats? I, I get on a really good week. I'll get. 30,000 readers. I mean, that's crazy. I, I, I know. I know. I mean, it's stupid. And you, you know what I really love about your blog, though, and I want people to know this, is that it's you work in advertising, but the things that you talk about are really relevant to, to anybody's career pursuit, I believe. You know what I, I mean? Like, I, are, you know, advertising is a micro example of a you know, a macro, as my therapist says, because I'll say to my therapist, how, how the fuck do you know what's going on in an office? You've never worked in an office. Right. Say offices are social organizations. All social organizations act the same. Mm. And, you know, I, 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 I buy that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that your, your blog, I just want to tell people, you know, it's like entertaining and it's very relatable. And I want to uh, let people know that it is definitely like I was reading your post today was really, really funny. Like you were making fun of things like what does customer engagement mean? It means junk mail or commission salespeople. And here's another one that you you did a lexicon. It was really, really, really funny. And uh, a vision statement. That's the first 51 minutes of an hour long presentation views page views or, you know, YouTube views, the number of people who accidentally click on your pre-roll. I mean, George, that's, you know, and you write like every day, right? Yeah, every day. Yeah. Five days a week. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's really impressive. That's your, that's your art project. And I, I guess that's really helped keep you going, right? Yeah. It, you know, it has, and, you know, just kind of stupidly, um, you know, it's it's just like, you know, the art you do, you have to kind of do it to do it. Right. Um, and I know that's not profound, but, you know, you get better, you get better at these things the more you work at it. So, you know, we were talking before about, you know, a crash and burn thing I had to do where I had to do a lot of work in a little amount of time. And it's like people, people will say to me, how, you know, how did you get so fast? Hmm. I'm like, well, I got really fast because I practiced, you know, like you and I probably did a hundred ads together, which as you know, is a lot of ads. Right. Um, and I mean, that's, that's a lot of ads. Um, you know, um, and you know, so that's, that's all practice. And then, you know, doing it for 300 years is 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 practice too so you know some right. of it is i was able to last um <laughs> well you had yeah. you know you 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 you're a really hard worker let's just say it let's just say it. yeah I'm a hard you're worker. and you're really like um you know you were really fo- you know you're really you were really you're really focused and hard working i mean that's what anybody who's going to be successful at anything needs to have i believe um so c- can you help me Okay, so I have some emotional issues about working at Alan Gargano. I was wondering if you could help me. I want, I'm going to sure. put you on the spot. Will you tell me the truth okay. now that I'm now that it's in my past and yeah. I've I've gotten past it? So when I worked at Alan Gargano, 
I mean, I felt like none of the copywriters wanted to work with me. That's how I felt. And I felt like it was because I was so neurotic or disorganized or not talented. And I'm ready to hear it, George. Did no, you think I, that? I, I, what did you think? I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I enjoyed working with you. I, I really did. Um, you know, I don't, like, who didn't want to work with you, Karen? Karen didn't want to work with me because, um, uh, yeah, Karen didn't want to work with me. Well, you know what? N- not to slam anybody interpersonally, and I don't mean to do uh-huh. that, but you could rewrite that sentence and take out the words with me. And, you know, blank didn't want to work, period. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I mean, it might have been you wanted to work too hard, like you cared too much. Um so I don't think it was a qualitative thing. Okay, so yeah. here's how I look back on my advertising career. I look back as somebody who didn't have the emotional capacity to make that career work for me personally. Do you do, do you and well, and a, and a little bit of lack of design talent, a little bit of not really great design talent. Those two well, things together. You know what, some of that is also, <laughs> you know. Some of it, in a way, is how the industries changed too, because design became so much more important than concept. Right. Right around the time you were probably leaving, um, you know. Um, so, you know, it's a different. It's a different um, business. A, we went from. We went from using markers, art directors went from using markers to using computers to, to be, and then you were winding, I was winding up competing with people right out of school who are wizards right. on computers. So there's that. But what about the neurosis? It's because I'm neurotic, isn't it? It is. I couldn't hide my neurosis. It's okay, George. I can handle it now. We all know. You know, there's probably, there's probably a little bit of that, but... I don't know. I, mean, I think I did a lot of self-destructive things I couldn't help. Like I kind of was out of control about it. <laughs> George. I didn't have that issue. What? I mean, I honest, I didn't have that issue. You didn't think that about me? No. No? No. No? Do you think other people thought it? You know, I mean, there were, for, for all the praise you sang about um, Allie. Right. It, it was an uptight place. I mean, if you were casting for the right job for you, mm-hmm. you would not have chosen Allie and Gargano. Mm. You know, it, of all the – I mean, the reason the place is out of business is because it was stuck in a much, much, much more uptight time, much more uptight, and I'd say – uh, male-oriented time zone, mm. you know. Mm. So I, I think it's, you know, I, I think it might have been... Did you come in through a headhunter? No, I came in through Peter, remember? That guy oh. Peter, that hor- horrible... Peter, yeah. Ha- yeah. Uh, uh, uh. yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I, didn't, I don't know... He was Mike, he oh. was like friends with Mike, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, you know, you know, I, I think it was like, 
if you had gone to a wildly creative place mm-hmm. that wasn't kind of top heavy with 54 year old men, mm-hmm. you know, you, you might've been seen as more fitting in. Yeah. I mean, there was a normal really narrow aperture of creativity that was allowed at alley. You know, you could, you couldn't do, you couldn't do wild stuff. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I also feel like the really creative shops, I just feel like people in advertising in general, like there were really creative shops that I couldn't have gotten hired at, but I think that everybody was just a lot more aggressive by nature. You know what I mean? Or confident. At at Alley? Well, I mean, if you look at all the hot shops during that time, like, um, I'll think of it in a minute, but like, you know, the really cool places, they were filled with Giant people. Who, yeah, they were filled with, with probably people who were even more confident. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah but I, I guess I wasn't putting it down as confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, y- y- you know, uh, I was putting it down more as... Um, as it, it, uh, the place was rigid and, mm-hmm. and it might have like suited my kind of um, skills more than mm-hmm. yours, mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it was, I mean, not that I, I don't goof around and stuff, but, um, you know, it's a pretty straight lace. And, and I felt like I was and I was kind of a freak. It's true. It's true. It's for, okay. For that agency, yeah, but not for real life. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about me that I think is like really hard to understand is like I know this all intellectually that I didn't really fit in there, but I still don't in my own mind understand exactly how that is because I felt like I was doing everything. The poor part of the problem is how hard I work to fit in. And I think that I felt like I was doing everything I could to fit in and I I thought it was important to fit in and I judged myself that way. And I think I might've been better off if I just just said, yeah, just said, fuck it. I don't fit in here. This is the most uptight place ever and been honest about it. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, you went to, you left Alley to go to a really uptight place, Mm -hmm. you know, which, which, it was package goods, right? It was Darcy. Yeah, Darcy. Uh, you know, so, I mean, from a casting POV, like, like I know you're a conceptual person, but let's just say that you had done, you had gone to um, a fashion place mm-hmm. you know, where they were looking for um, a wacky UBU. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, e- um, you know, you might have been, you might have been, um, I might have, you know, you might have, mm-hmm. you might have been the star because well, you, you would think of things no one else would think of. But I also don't think that I had the design skills in talent to do yeah, that. But you know what? A lot of the, uh, our generation. <laughs> George, I'm talking you out of my career. What? Sorry. Okay. Go right, ahead. Fine. You suck, Lisa. <laughs> no, um, thank you. That's really what I want to hear. That's what okay. I was trying to manipulate you and just saying. No, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank um, you. This is no, really helping me. No, you know, the, the, um, well, I thought, um, y- y- you know, I mean, design, 
I'm not sure it was that important because at at that stage, I mean, because it was basically, you know, a big headline and and a block of body copy if you're doing print. Uh, mm-hmm. y- you know, it wasn't it wasn't like a nuanced uh, design. Um, you know. Well, you know, well, you know think. what, George, I think, I think that um, also, I think for me, confidence is just something that I've always been dealing with, and I think also for me, being evaluated by authority figures is always yeah. a, is always going to be a problem for me. I mean, even now, do you know that I have this wonderful person, Marina Granger, everybody, who's helping me. Um, with um, getting my work organized and marketing myself. And like, she's actually somebody that I can go to with a specific question about this. So it's not that, what I want to say to all us old people is we need to just accept ourselves the way we are, all, everybody, no matter what age, and make the most of it and and get help for what you need help with, Right. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's you know that these days that would pass as wise. <laughs> you know, it's 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 good. Right, right, right. I just think um, you know that I think advertising is a very tough field if you if you get hurt by if you're afraid of authority figures and you get hurt by criticism. Right, of course. I, I think that's right. I mean, you can't. You have to be a little bit. You know, there, you have to be a little bit like. Uh, all right, I'll just do more. I'm not going to let it bother me. Um, you know. Right. There's more. You, know, you just have to keep coming back. Yeah. There's. There's more, and also that. You know what else? You're good at this. The relentless hours. I couldn't take it after a while. Yeah. What do you? Well, do you, we were we were on a stupid account. Mm-hmm. You know where where you had to get the ad done because it was going to be in the paper. Right. Right. You know, so there was no like, um, oh, you know, in a week and a half we have to show four TV boards, and we've got a week and a half, and if you have to leave on a Tuesday night, you'll leave on a Tuesday night. But I also think that the mentality of that time, you know, that was 1990, and I think yeah. that the we're baby boomers. The baby boomers were very competitive, and they were all trying to establish their careers, and I think there was a competition to see who could wor- work more hours and stuff like that. Did, did do yeah. you? Do you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So is it st- so? Is it still like that? Or yeah, it's it's pretty stupid. Um, you know, and especially being um, the oldest person here. Oh um, come on! No, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's no joke. You know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I like I like to leave at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's people. You know, there's people who get into ten thirty and eleven or eleven, mm-hmm. and. I don't know how the fuck they do it, but they stay till eight thirty or nine. Wow! Like that—that's how they, you know, that's how they work. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you still see that relentless pressure to, you know, to, I mean, part of what bothered me too is the way that you know you're really supposed to be devoted to the business. Do you do you see that still? Uh, 
without question. I mean, there, you have you're you're kind of a wage slave. You know, you especially as the business has gotten like almost every other business has gotten more and more pro, you know, capital and less and less pro labor. You know, you have mm-hmm. to work harder and harder just to just to stay where you were. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and y- you know, I mean, you know how they, they say the Eskimos have 37 words for snow? Mm-hmm. You know, the ad industry probably has 57 words for layoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's coming, you mm-hmm. know, it's coming because the only thing that really matters is shareholder value mm-hmm. and shareholders get more value if the costs of doing business are lower. Mm-hmm. So they're going to keep getting rid of people. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's, I guess that's a little Marxist, but mm-hmm. that's fine. We're allowed. So, um, mm-hmm. but I'm a little Marxist too, <laughs> even though I'm in advertising. Um, so that always that always puts such a well of pressure over, over you know, a, uh, you know, an air of pressure over every every day because you could get it felt like you could get fired any day, yeah, without warning. And did do you, is it still like that? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, it's funny. Um, a bunch of guys who are around the same level as I am people, not just guys. Mm-hmm. And yes. Occasionally I'll bump into them like while we're waiting for a, a via to take us home. Because mm-hmm. um, because agencies now are, you know, on the fringes of the business world. We're on, you know, my agency is on 11th Avenue. It's it's not like when we were working, Lisa. We were yeah, instrumental to business. We were in the middle of it. <laughs> you know, now we're on 11th Avenue. So I call it East New Jersey. <laughs> and so we, we have to take car service home, um, <laughs> you know, the ride shares. So um, every one, you know, every once in a while, someone will be honest with someone else. And like, oh, gee whiz. Uh, you know, I, I keep thinking I'm going to be fired any minute. Wow. You, everybody is like that. Yeah. It's like it's, you know, if, if Arthur Miller were alive today, he'd have a lot to write about, huh. you know, because <laughs> it is, it's every bit and I, and I I mentioned you know um, uh, Willie Loman you know from Japanese mm-hmm. Salesman on mm-hmm. my blog now and again you know uh, mm-hmm. a man is not a piece of fruit you can't eat the orange and throw out the peel but <laughs> that's kind of what the business all businesses do not just the advertising right business. right I mean, it's, I mean I and I don't mean to sound socialist but it's really hard not to sound like a a red. Um, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's it's brutal, it's, yeah. You know they they you know the twin forces of the industry are ageism and and along with ageism is um, you know old people make more money, right? Um, so you know old people make more money. So what do we want to do? We want to get rid of the big salaries mm-hmm. um, first. So. You know, and we can pay a bunch of kids to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm sure that's part of the reason that, you know, you're valued now is because you have all these skills that are beyond just doing the actual. I mean, you're great at the actual work, but beyond that, you also have these other skills, you know, of like actually being able to 
communicate to the client and ha- have them understand what the why the work is good for them and you know how you're addressing their needs, stuff like that. That kind of stuff counts a lot. Yeah. I, I, if you're I, old, I, I, if you're old, you yeah. better fucking have that. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I remember when I was really young in the industry, before I knew you, mm-hmm. and I worked with a guy. Um, he was a freelancer at an agency I was working on. He was a super talented guy, had a ton of awards, and he and a, a, a copywriter came in at the same time to freelance on this pitch we were working on, and you could tell she was the baggage, and he was, you know. Right, he's the engine. But she was, and this is going to be gendered and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Attractive and slim and tall and personable. And um, the art director was a schlub. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, in in, in an era when everyone tucked their shirts in, he didn't know how to tuck his shirt in. He was fat, but he was sweaty. Um, And I guess I said to somebody one day, somebody senior, like, why didn't so-and-so get hired? Why didn't Ron get hired? He said, well, you can't make a lot of money and not be able to present. Mm. And, you know, okay, I was 25 or something. Okay, I better, I better think about that. Oh, so that, uh, that's when you yeah. started really, yeah. really thinking about that. Yeah. yeah paid attention, yeah. man. So I was yeah. in the business like 27 years. How long have you been in the business now? Thirty-five. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. can can you can you tell us like um, how the role of women have has the perception the role of women changed or what's up with the chicks now? They don't get harassed um, anymore. Well, you know. Um, what's going on there? Do you remember, by the way, when the Nita Hill hearings? I went around telling all the guys, like I was flirting with them. I'd say, like, Charlie, you look really great in those pants. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I didn't fit in. No, so go ahead. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's a great deal of tension. There's a great deal of, um, you know, the if I had to say the biggest change in the industry from when you and I worked together to today, mm-hmm. the great, the biggest change, and and this is an old guy talking. And sure, there's changes in genders, and you can't follow right. people or. You know, I haven't masturbated at my desk for weeks. Really? Um, you just can't do just it. Just can't do um, it. You have to book a conference room. <laughs> um, you could probably so, be doing um, it right now. You're probably in one of those phone booth things. I, 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 well, they call it a phone booth. Um, we can get off a few minutes early if it's if you really need need the time. Let me know. Don't worry. Um, um, the biggest sense of humor is, like, from a corporate point of view, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, biggest change is there's no sense of humor. Oh. You, you, like, I'll make a joke in front of a client because it's part of what I do. I'm a funny person. Right. It, it makes me relax, and I like to point out things that, uh, you know, I'll tell you this, this is a true story. I got a deck this morning. Mm-hmm. A deck, um, explain, a that's like a whole, like. A deck is just a, a pile type, of paper. pile of paper yeah, with, that, like, a, a, a story about a presentation what. On it. Yeah, yeah, presentation. Right. So, you know, I, I, I work in a. In the in the tech industry, so you talk about things like data silos mm-hmm. and um, um, but the person who wrote the deck had a typo in the deck, and they said that their data isn't siloed. They said their data is soiled. <laughs> um, now 
I happened to notice that, <laughs> and it, you know, it made me laugh. And and early in the morning, I corrected it, but it made me laugh. Now, in a different era, uh-huh. that like came up in uh-huh. a in a meeting. Let's say the typo came through in a meeting, and you mm-hmm. say data soiled. <laughs> Somebody would make a joke about it. And there's no joking anymore. You know, we're all so fucking uptight. And, yeah. You know, everything is so grave. Yeah. And you'd think, you'd think we were, you, you know, the old cliche, you'd think we were brain surgeons or something. We're just, you know, nobody yeah. tunes into our work. Um, you know, so... Um, well, it's a tense situation, too, you know, if you have to work all the time and you're worried about getting fired. But I know what you mean. Yeah. I think that's I think that's throughout society that, like, all this, you know, identity politics or call it what you want has really taken the humor out of things. Like, yeah, I mean, like yeah, the Whitney I, I, Biennial last night, for one. Yeah, it's true. You know, art, everything. I mean, some of it is great. The The bottom line is, I guess, in the... In the scheme of things, there's a lot of value, but I don't know, you know, camaraderie. What kind of camaraderie? Does that interfere with camaraderie or getting along, getting you know, I, I personal just, relationships? It, you know, everybody goes back to their little desk and you're in the open. And, you know, I just think it's – and this could be an old guy talking and I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. You keep up with popular culture. I don't keep up with popular culture. And there's – Plenty of times, like, I'll turn the TV on or something when I get home or, you know, I'll see a commercial or an ad on a bus shelter and I'll go, you know, I I just grew up, I'm like a foreigner in this country today. <laughs> I don't, no, I, I'm, I'm, I dead, hear I'm dead serious. You know, I hear some of the language that people use in popular, popular music or, or even the way it sounds to me, or even movies and the, and all that stuff. And it's just, this is not the world. I'm as I'm as alienated in this world as anyone from any mm. country visiting this country would mm. be. I mean, if you're old in this country, I mean, you 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 live in a hip area. You know, my joke about living on the Upper East Side is. Every night I get a call from the Metropolitan Museum and they ask me to run over and shut the lights off. Because, <laughs> I mean, no one lives on the Upper East Side anymore. Um, oh. You know, so, well, I know that's obviously that's inaccurate. Right. But, um, I know what you mean, though. But, I mean, culturally, you know, if you if you do something crazy, mm-hmm. like walk down the street without looking at your phone, mm-hmm. you are weird mm. like what do you mean you're mm-hmm. you're paying attention mm-hmm. i think the you know, phone so, has changed our culture more than anything right that whole phone well, thing there's a big thing in the times today about a scientific study about phones making us dumber i think it was, it was either the time i think it's true the, yeah i know it's true mm-hmm but also, I mean, I think like, you know, it's interesting because I noticed that most of the people I know that really like work in advertising or have really like, you know, hard jobs where they're really, you know, going to an office, they they do not participate in social media. And um, do you do you think that's true? And I, I think that um, so much well, of our I mean, culture I, is yeah. surrounded with that. You know, I, I despise social media except 
it's given me a whole second career. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as much as I'm like disdainful of it, I mean, my blog is fairly popular. My, as you pointed out, my LinkedIn thing keeps me going. Um, you know, I, I literally get five friend requests a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I don't tweet. That's the mm-hmm. only thing I, I don't really do. Mm-hmm. And you don't um, use you don't use Instagram, do you? No, it, mm-hmm. it, I, I really, I'm not going to start kind of. Yeah, you don't need to. Where I am. Well, here's the thing and, about um, here's the thing about social media. The way that I see it is that, like, with this radio show and stuff like that, you have to post all the time. And yeah. there's a you have to be part of this conversation that I mean I don't do this necessarily at all but and I don't enjoy doing it necessarily at all occasionally but there's this whole conversation that's going on and it's you know there's like Snapchat I'm not part of that but you know and I think that's sort of what you're talking about too is that you know you can ha- like social we all use it in the way that it works for us. And what you have yeah. is working really well for you, but it may not be like a constant dialogue on with people on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. I don't know how people could say on the one hand, nobody listens to what brands say. And on the other hand, that we need constant content. It, it, it doesn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really buying it. You know, I, I like I, I think about this all the time because you know there's certain people who really really annoy me in the in the industry mm-hmm. um, who are constantly screaming at you on online videos that they call content, <laughs> and if they're not delivering value, why would mm-hmm. anybody spend time on it? If it's just I don't give up. Yeah, Lisa, I know you for a long, way more than half my life. <laughs> I really don't care what you had for dinner. <laughs> You'll never find you know, out anyway. Y'all, it, I don't tell not, anybody. But you, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I um, don't get it either. I don't get it. I I do think that I think it is making us dumber. So we yeah, only have I mean, like five minutes left, and okay. I want to know like what 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 do you think like the you know what's what's for the future of advertising or business? What 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 insight from your experience can you can you lay on us? Can you? Is there is there anything you, know, I, I, you can leave I read us with? This article a long time ago when um, when print was kind of started to go into freefall, mm-hmm. and and it looked like magazines and you know the New Yorker was going through all that Michigas with Tina Brown and mm-hmm. this and that and the other thing, mm-hmm. and it looked like things like the New Yorker were going to go belly yeah. up, and Atlantic was going to go belly up, and the Times was going to go belly up, and Harper's and. Vanity Fair and stuff like that. The way the world is going, and and this is dark, but the way the world is going is there's going to be a core of people, you know, Mm -hmm. the plutocrats, the people who make a lot of money, Mm -hmm. and they're going to want to pay money for expensive stuff, Mm -hmm. and they're going to they're going to need ads to tell them what to buy. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. but ninety seven percent of the people, Mm -hmm. you know, are are going to have no money and they're going to be, you know, and, and that's kind of the way the world's going anyway. Mm. Um, mm. So, you know, cause you look at kind of the magazines that we all thought were going to go out of business. It's not the high end ones that have gone out of business. Mm. It's the low end ones. Interesting. Interesting, so George. That's kind of, I, I, I that is, think there's, that is a reflection of the way society's going. 
That's interesting. Yeah, the rich are getting richer and the poor are, you know, going to eat themselves. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's wow. A, well, that's dark. That's dark. Yeah. Although you don't yeah. sound as depressing as you did when you were younger, I've got to say that. Probably neither of us are. Yeah. I have a really good joke for you. Oh, okay. Can I, am I allowed to tell a joke? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's a proper joke. People don't tell jokes anymore. Oh, yeah, they do occasionally. Well, let's okay. do it. So this guy gets a call from his doctor. Mm-hmm. It's dark. Mm-hmm. And the doctor says, I have some bad news and some worse news. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, all right, well, give me the bad news. And the doctor says, this reminds me of how dark the economy is. And the doctor says, well, the bad news is you're going to die in tw- in 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 24 hours. <laughs> and, and goes, what could be worse than that? And the doctor says, I've been trying to get you since yesterday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good one, that's George. Kind of what I think yes. Does, Lisa. That's you know? that's very that's very relevant. So anyway, I'm going to have to say goodbye to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for thanks for clearing up some shit for me too. And um, we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay, Thanks, George. Okay. Okay. Bye, everyone. Um. So anyway, I just want to tell you about this friend of mine, Joe. Uh, I'm never going to say his name right. Joe Nanash. Uh, and he's having a show that I want you to come to. It's fabulous. He's a really great artist. And I think this show, the opening, it's at LMA Cal, LMAK Gallery on 298 Grand Street. The opening is 6 to 8, Wednesday, May 22nd. And he makes amazing work, very conceptual. And I think he made this really weird form of a uh, lawn with a fence around it that isn't really quite what what a lot like a symbolic uh, version of it to show how um, we're all like you know how how our world is going to shit which is kind of the theme of the show today so I want to make sure that you guys know about that I put a post I'll put a post on my Facebook page definitely check out this show at uh, it's called um, Composition in White and Green. It's a small pot of land. This all-consuming installation is a play in the classic American structure of picket fence and green lawn inside a courtyard. 298 Grand Street. The opening is Wednesday, May 22nd. Uh, Joe Nanash. I said his name wrong. And thanks for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Please stay tuned. We have fabulous programming all afternoon and uh, download our app, you know, so you can hear all of that programming. So you go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash if you have an iPhone, it's iPhone. And if you have an Android, it's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash Android and stick around. We've got uh, so much great stuff right after this. We have lost and rewound with my good friend, and hilarious, funny guy, uh, Alan, Elon Danzinger. And then we've got Ben, Ben Talks. And we've got uh, Brooklyn Bandstand. You name it, music. Dr. Lisa gives a shit.